Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the Job Interview Experience. My name is Matthew and I'm your host. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, and founder of CandidateClub.com. Joining us today is Simon Manning. Simon is the founder and CEO of WeFirst, a leading brand consultancy that provides strategy, content, and training to accelerate growth through purpose. A New York Times bestselling author and influential blogger, Simon is a member of the Advisory Council of Conscious Capitalism LA, the Advisory Board of Sustainable Brands, the Forbes Business Council, and a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts in London. Simon delivers keynotes and corporate workshops around the world that trains organizations on how to define and scale their purpose throughout their organization. Simon, thank you for joining us on the job interview experience. Thank you, Matthew. A pleasure to be here. Simon, we want to get to know you a little bit more than what I briefly shared. Outside of work, how do you like to spend your time? Well, first and foremost, I'm a dad of two wonderful daughters and uh, my Australian wife and my daughters, we live here in LA and we've been here for 20 years. And so family's always first and it's hard these days. You've got to balance work and life, especially during COVID, obviously. But when I get time away, I grew up in the water in Sydney. So I like to get in the water. I just went down to Cabo and went surfing for a few days and Every single time I become annoying or every time I need to recharge, I get in the water and Mother Nature kind of makes me feel all over, you know, good all over again. So I'm, I'm someone who loves to live in the water. This being a career podcast, I have to ask, can you give us uh, the highlights, kind of the highlight reel of your career? What led you to what you're doing today? Sure, and I'll touch on it very quickly because no one knows where their journey in life is going to take them. And I've certainly had some left turns, but... You know, I was in a, I did a fine arts degree in law in Australia. I then went into advertising, did well in Australia, went and worked in London for five years, working on brands like the BBC, Harrods, Adidas. And then I got headhunted to go and work on Nike over here in the States. That's what brought me uh, to Portland, Oregon, working at a great ad agency called Wyden and Kennedy. And I was lucky enough to be a writer on a lot of those campaigns for the fancy athletes for a number of years. 
And then what brought me to LA was having kind of done the cool kid thing on Nike, um, I got a, a great opportunity to be the worldwide creative director for Motorola at Ogilvy, which is another ad agency. And um, we launched the Razor phone and did all these things. But you know what? Even after that career, like many Australians sort of moving all around the world, I found I wasn't happy. I was finding myself unfulfilled. I had a young family. I didn't know why. And so I went freelance, and for six years, I was kind of like the cleaner from Pulp Fiction. I was the guy that, you know, they called at the last minute when a brand was in trouble. And then, you know, something very unexpected happened. In uh, 2008, I got five phone calls from my mother in Sydney overnight, and basically she was trying to wake me up, um, yelling down the phone into the answering machine, so that shows you it was a while ago. But basically, the, the, my, the last message was, Simon, Dad died. He was calling to say goodbye, call us when you wake up. And those words wake up took on a much bigger meaning for me than I think she even intended because I really, I hadn't seen my dad for five years. I've been running around doing all these different versions of success, but I didn't really know what my calling in life was, what I wanted to do, what I'd find fulfilling. And it just so happened that I read a speech um, that Bill Gates gave at the World Economic Forum that year. It was the 2008 Global Economic Meltdown. And he said, we're in trouble, and the private sector, business needs to play a bigger role in social change. And so I spent three years writing a book called We First that was a New York Times bestseller and voted Best Marketing Book of the Year. And then for 10 years, my company and my team, we've been working with startups, with high-growth companies, with very large organizations, helping them define, integrate, and activate their purpose in ways that drive growth for their business. So a couple of twists and turns there I didn't expect, but now I find there's an alignment between who I am and what I do, and everything just feels so much more right, you know? Just really briefly, you want to give us some highlights of, of what your experience has been like getting that call out of the blue or uh, being contacted for one of these career moves? It is weird, you know. Um, I had just been working in London, and, and I went back to Australia, and I got this call to work at Widening Kennedy, which is today, still arguably the most awarded ad agency in the world. And it's a, if you're in that industry, you know, very venerated. And um, my wife and I were sitting on a park bench in Sydney and I'm like, what do we do? Do we go to America? I didn't even know where Portland, Oregon was. I thought of Portland on the East Coast. And um, I went over there and, you know, met with some people. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I just like, I can't come here. I don't know anybody. I don't know. And, you know, eventually, you know, they, they make a good case as to why you should do it. And it's just... You know, I think in those circumstances, you've got to recognize that the universe is coming along and tapping you on the shoulder. There's a little bit of serendipity involved. And just be open and just listen and see what shows up. And if you do find there's an alignment between what is fundamental to who you are and what you care about, sure, take that next step. Because you'll equally find that if it's not right, it'll be, there'll be a dissonance. It'll be jarring. You'll be kind of like, something's just not right. Or I, it just doesn't feel right. And follow that. I think your gut is a really, really powerful tool in those situations. Can you tell us a little bit about a We First? Yeah, We First is a strategic consultancy here in Los Angeles that drives growth and impact for purpose-driven companies. And it's really unlocking the growth a company can generate on the strength of its employees, its retailers, its customers, by being more purposeful, by not only doing less bad, but doing more good. So we've done this work for Tom's and Timberland and Sony Pictures Television and Avery Dennison and, and VF Corporation and, and, and a lot of private equity and venture-backed startups who realize 
not only do they want it for themselves as a founder or a young you know, group of entrepreneurs, but they want it for the world because we all know that we're in a lot of trouble right now and we've got to solve for that through business. Speaking of remote work and what we were just talking about, how do you think this increase in remote work will impact company culture? You even, you know, you use the word purpose. What does that future look like when your job really is always, might always be at home from now on with that big separation from the big picture and the coworkers? No, absolutely. It's a very different day today. And I, I say this with a, you know, a lot of experience in and around culture because we first, we not only do the strategy work, which is helping companies work out what to say and how to say it, we also do the culture building work inside companies, the planning, the training, the tools to build that culture, as well as their impact storytelling. So my opinion, what I'm going to share is based on being inside a lot of companies and really helping them foster that culture. I think the fundamental thing that has come out of COVID or the pandemic in terms of what work looks like is a heightened recognition of the whole human being. And there's different expressions of that. Firstly, diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is a very important conversation, long overdue, and you really need to represent all the different stakeholders in society much more effectively. It drives business growth, it unlocks innovation, and it's just the right thing to do. Secondly, for everyone, you know, the whole human being. Like I felt in the first 15 years of my corporate life, you'd walk to the door and you'd put your personal hat aside and you'd put on that little face or avatar or image that you want to project in the work environment and show up in a certain way. And I think what COVID was so powerful in doing was it, it stripped that all away. We we're all facing a crisis at the same time. And so we could reveal our true selves. We all got to see on Zoom calls the tchotchkes on the shelf in the kitchen or the living room or the, the cat walking in front of you or the child peering over the shoulder. And it humanized all of us in a very, very powerful way. And carrying that forward, I think we're going to look at work in a new way, which is what is the healthiest balance for the whole human being? And companies are going to have to be very, very attentive to that to keep the talent they have, to win the talent they want, and to get the most out of them. And I also think there's another layer to that, which is, okay, if there is this more respectful balance of the whole human being, what is the this compensation, the benefits, the structure of a company look like? Does it mean... You know, people can work from home more often. Does it mean they have unlimited holiday? Like, what does it mean in, the, in terms of the literal benefits you offer your employees so they go, wow, this company aligns with what I care about from a purpose point of view. They look after me really well, and they're playing a meaningful role in the world. How can companies build and strengthen culture alongside their employees as opposed to maybe pre-planning this or deciding what it would be without employee input? You know, it, it, I think it's both. It's not an either or. Firstly, leadership needs to genuinely recognize and embrace that they have a responsibility to build not only a resilient culture during tough times like COVID, but a really purposeful culture where people show up, bring their whole selves, their best selves, their highest purpose to work to generate greater productivity and success for the company. And once you have that authentically, it's not just ticking the box. It's not just, oh, we've got to do more about DNI, you know, diversity and inclusion, because that's the expectation now, but they genuinely in integrate that and internalize it. Then you can look to employees and say, this is not prescriptive. We're not, this is not a top-down exercise. We are going to do this together. And so I think you can have very powerful collaborative sessions with your employees. If you've got a very large number of employees, you can have surveys and so on, where you reach out and say, what would be most important to them? 
And then you frame and you program for what culture looks like. And there's three important vectors here in terms of building culture. One is top-down. Like you've got to share from a leadership point of view that being purposeful, making a difference in the world is important to them in leadership, not just sales, but to them in leadership. Then secondly, it's got to be bottom-up. Because if you say that, then you've got to look for those stories inside your company, inside your employees, and say, hey, I want to share this story about whoever in payroll or whatever they did in sales, what they did to actually elevate and celebrate behaviors that reflect that commitment from leadership. And then the third vector is over time. You know, it's very easy to try and build a purposeful culture, try and rally people together. You launch that balloon in the air and then, you know, it slowly sinks to the ground and then everyone goes, well, that was just a marketing exercise or whatever it was and next time they say something, I'm not going to pay attention because it's all BS at the end of the day. The way you prevent that is you put in rituals and traditions that keep it alive. Rituals like quarterly all-hands meetings where leadership get up and talk about, you know, reiterate what the purpose is of the organization, what progress has been made, and so on. And then also annual traditions like uh, Timberland, they have their path to service where the whole company all around the world goes out and volunteers on a given day, tree planting, and so on. Just to remind everyone that purpose has the same priority inside the company's culture as profit does. And that's when they really believe it. That's when it means something to them. And that's when they bring their best selves to the job and the culture is really strong. Do you have any recommendations for how job seekers can analyze some of that culture and purpose while working through the interview process? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think, you know, I've heard from a lot of CEOs and I've experienced it myself that, you know, when you're interviewing candidates these days, they're much more self-possessed, you know, in the sense that years ago it used to be like, oh, okay, Maybe we're, you know, lucky enough to have a job or what do I have to say in the interview? Now they're like, okay, who are you as a company? And what do you stand for? And are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? And so we find candidates now are saying, well, you know, what difference do you want to make in the world? And how do you treat your employees? And what sort of commitment is there to diversity and inclusion inside a company? And what are you doing right and what are you doing wrong and what are you doing to kind of work on those wrong things? And, you know, if I was to come and work at this company, you know, how would my life be better? How would I feel more fulfillment? How would I learn and grow? And so I don't think it's arrogance. I just think it's more of an even-handed dialogue between companies and potential employees now. Why? Because especially if you're a minimum wage employee or whatever, you've been marginalized for so long and that has to stop. And so people need to kind of really make it a fair exchange of value between the company and and the candidate. For our listeners, listener that is currently seeking a job and is unemployed, and it's a point in life where they might not be feeling so much purpose in their own personal life. Do you have any advice on where to start with finding your own purpose while going through the interview process and then ingraining that into yourself and your work ethic or the way you behave once you are employed? Yeah, that's a really important question. You know, it's not wrong to go to an employer, a prospective employer, with the expectation that they're going to be an opportunity to express your purpose. Why? Because if you're living your purpose at the company, you're going to be better at your job, you're going to be happier, you're going to be more productive, you'll stay longer. 
So it's important to do the work on your purpose. And I've got to say, by my own admission, I wasn't smart enough or clear-eyed enough to work out my own purpose. You know, way back when, in 20, 2008 actually, it was the first time in my life where I was professionally unchallenged having been a freelancer for so long. And then personally, you know, destabilized because of my father's passing, that I actually got out of my own way. I'm one of those people who write lists and go to the rational brain and find safety in thinking it through. But literally for a month, I just sat in the uncertainty and just didn't try and solve it, didn't try and think about it. And I think there's real power in that silence. I think we're all so distracted by content and media and life these days. And when you give yourself the gift of silence and just sort of maybe capture your thoughts or just reflect in different ways, giving yourself permission to explore different ideas, what can show up? Even just going and seeing a lot of your friends and saying, I'm just at this sort of turning point in my life and I'm really thinking about what's next and then shutting up and listening to what they say. It's incredible because they're a mirror to you. They reflect back what they see from the benefit of being an external you know, person. And so here are three questions you can ask yourself because we, we help a lot of executives define what their personal purpose is. The first is, what is your enemy? And enemy sounds like a heavy word, but all it means is, what is that thing you want to solve for? What are you against? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What pisses you off? What do you talk about too much at dinner parties when you've had an extra beer or whatever? What's that thing? For me, it was this idea that business, or a small minority of business, was taking all the benefits of capitalism and business and making you know gobs of money at the cost of everyone else. It just didn't seem right. It seemed unfair. So what is your enemy? And that's why I started We First. So as a tonic to the Me First mentality, started We First. Secondly, what are you the only of? There's only one Matthew. There's only one Simon. There's only one person like you that's been on your journey at this moment in time in those circumstances with those aspirations. Really sit down and think, what are you the only of? And again, you can listen to your friends and talk to them about it because they just look and go, oh my God, you're like this. And you're like, wow, damn. And you're like, wow, why didn't I see that? You didn't see it because it's hard to read the label from inside the jar. You're inside the jar and you're like, who am I? I can't see. And people on the outside go, what are you talking about? This is who you are. And then the third question is, when you're at your best, what are you doing? When you are crushing it, when you have one of those great days, when even if you're a solopreneur or an employee, you just high-five yourself in the company bathroom, you're like, damn, I just crushed that. What is that? If you can answer, what is your enemy? What are you the only of? And when you're at your best, what are you doing? It's the beginning of a series of questions you can ask that level up, that surface up themes that point to what your purpose is. And when you do that, suddenly, you, as I said before, you get this alignment between who you are and what you do on a daily basis. And then you stop worrying about this person over here doing some other career. Should I be doing that? This person over here seems to be making more money. I don't want to make more money if it means that you know, I've got to do that. And you start to find that true alignment within you that gives you such peace of mind. Because, Matthew, I used to spend so much time worrying about what other people were doing, what I should be doing, what I'm not doing, spinning around in my head that no one heard. Such a waste of energy and time. And I don't have that anymore. I'm excited to get a copy of Lead With We. What can we learn? Uh, what am I going to learn from your new book? Yeah, I mean, it's 10 years since my first book. And here's the reality. How do we feel about today and the future? 
I think a lot of us feel like we're in trouble, whether it's climate, plastics in the ocean, you know, biodiversity, all of these issues you hear about every day. And are we doing enough with nonprofits and government to fix it? I think most people would say, well, not, no, if judging by where we are, if we're going to fix it, we would have done that. So do you think business has an important role to play? Yes. And so why is that powerful? Well, my new book, Lead With We, shows you how you as a business owner, founder, entrepreneur, employee, CEO, must pay attention to the new reality, which is that you need to have a business that is solving for these issues, have a business that is playing a meaningful role in making the future a better place. And so what it does is it allows you to say, okay, no matter what role I am inside a company, I am going to make a difference in the world. And what does that look like? How do I do it in a way that provides fulfillment? How do I do it in a way that drives company growth? And how do I do it in a way that's going to build my business at the same time as it allows me to scale impact? And so this is based on all of our work with Tom's and Timberland and Virgin and so many other companies out there. And we've really broken it down into the step-by-steps you can take as an employee as someone in leadership at a company, so that you're on the right side of history, so that you lean into these market forces in terms of, well, customers want you to do good in the world. Employees want to work for companies that are doing good. Investors increasingly are investing in companies doing good. So the very short version is Lead With We shows us how we work and live together in new ways to drive growth by solving for these social and environmental challenges. Our audience being job seekers, when they see Lead With Me on the shelf or at Amazon, how do you think that your book can uniquely benefit and help them at kind of their point in their journey of life of either being unemployed or seeking out employment, really about to make a big jump to something new in life. Absolutely. You know, you can go to leadwithwe.com and you can pre-order the book there or you can go to Amazon. It's there now. Um, When you're unemployed or you're seeking a job, it's very unsettling and you want to make sure that you make the right decision. And even more so after COVID because everything's been thrown up into the air. And what the book will give you is a perspective on where where the marketplace is going, what the role of business increasingly is going to be, the type of companies that are going to succeed in the future and how you as an employee can actually play a role or work for a company that is going to not only succeed and drive growth and you're going to be a part of something exciting, but it's also going to be very meaningful to you because it will be solving for some of these issues. And this isn't about do good, pie in the sky, make the world a better place stuff. This is about the market forces that are shaping the companies that will lead the future. And so if you're a job seeker right now or you're unemployed and you're a little bit lost and you're wondering, I don't know what the future looks like, I want something that's going to really be satisfying and fulfilling and I want to get a really clear idea of what the future of the marketplace looks like, what companies are doing really interesting things, how I can play a role in that, then I would get lead with we. 
With some closing wisdom, Simon, with your mission in mind, what message would you share to job seekers? They're fo- very focused right now, and that's why they found the podcasts on, on self-improvement and securing employment. But in the big picture, whether it be self-improvement as an employee or for their own personal lives, what should they have on their minds? What should they plan for for the you know, foreseeable future in their next job? What should they anticipate with really the journey that they're in right now? You know, I think it's a very exciting time for job candidates, firstly because there's a labor shortage right now and there's a lot of companies looking for people. So there's a lot of opportunity and choices out there. Secondly, there is this better balance between employers and employees in terms of striking a a deal and an experience at work that's going to be more fulfilling to you. And I think it's right for you to be able to speak to companies and say, hey, this is what I'm looking at for myself, my whole human being. Not just, hey, I've got a functional role where I'm going to do a job, but rather I'm going to show up with my whole self and this work that I'm doing, I'm going to be proud to work at this company. I'm going to be proud of the contribution I'm making at the company. And this is something where I can see myself growing into and staying with for a long time. And, you know, at one end of the spectrum, there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of improvement around minimum wage, above and beyond, you know, federally mandated minimum wage long overdue, and that's really, really powerful, and it's an important signal moving forward. In fact, if you look at the research by Just Capital, they found that the number one issue for American citizens, above all, is a fair and living wage. And so business is on the hook. So from a salary point of view, from an experience point of view, from a purpose point of view, I would say honor yourself, lean into yourself, do the work to find out what would be most fulfilling to you, And then put the time in to find a company that aligns with that. And there's a lot of opportunity right now. And all the things that I'm talking about, like business solving for these social and environmental challenges and companies growing by doing that, is only going to increase because all of these problems are out there in the future coming back towards us in the present. And it's going to get more and more important. So honor yourself. Find the right company. Bring your whole human being to that company really contribute to your personal purpose and the purpose of the company and just be really proud of finding that alignment between who you are and the difference you want to make in the world and do that through your job. I love it. Something that we all need to hear. I am going to put a link to your site in this episode's description. Where else can we find you or where else should we follow you at? You know what? Leadwithwe.com is a great thing um, to share with everyone. And, you know, you can find Lead With We at Amazon and pre-order now. Um, and then, you know, I'm on Instagram, Simon Mainwaring, S-I-M-O-N-M-A-I-N-W-A-R-I-N-G. It's one of those funny names you have to spell. And if you want to know more about our, our company, you know, we're at wefirstbranding.com, wefirstbranding.com. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate you sharing a little bit about the book, and it's really an empowerment tool for candidates or folks who are unemployed right now to get some perspective in this crazy, changing, challenge world as to what's next and to make the best choice for them so that the time they put into work, which is the vast majority of your life, is as fulfilling as possible. And that would make me you know, the happiest of all. Simon, thank you so much for joining and for sharing your positive message. I really appreciate it. Please join us again soon. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you to everyone for listening. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute 
for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later, once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.